really confront them. And I think people have a hard time in relationship really talking about what really what they want, what bothers them, their deep desires. I think they're scared that yeah. their partner might look at them differently. And I'm only talking about my experiences and what I feel and what I also project and what I do. Because I do the same thing. I don't talk about really my deep, dark, deep, what's really deep inside of me and what my expectations are, what I want to happen, what I want to explore or what, you know. And you're right. So maybe talking about them more often should be. That is true. Something we do. And yeah, but people should do it every, every, every so often because I'm telling you, people's expectations change. People yeah. might have a, one expectation today, but as they change, yeah. so do so does the expectation. But then, you know, it, and then you become monotonous and mundane. That affects relationship. When it becomes monotonous, mundane, the same thing over and over again. That's you. That's why you have to like I say, go on vacation. Um, you know, find something that you guys like to do. Like you know, we like playing tennis mm-hmm. or something. Or like playing golf. You right, you right, you right. Stuff like that. Separating from each other. Something. There's a. Was it Wendy Williams had a had a a reality TV star on her show, and she said that uh, she's married now, and her husband lives in Hollywood, and she lives in LA, and it's the best time of their life. It works, <laughs> you know, because I mean, people have different ways about these things work, you know. I don't know. Those relationships are changing, expectations are, and then society now dictates as well. Society sometimes creates the expectations in people's mind because they want what that person have and they sell it so well. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You know, you know, some relationships are so good that you never thought you are going to ever have problems. Like, oh, I don't understand how people have problems. And then before you know it, you start going through what other people are going through. Oh my God, and yes. And it hits you and you're saying, oh my God, what hit me? I didn't expect this to affect my relationship. It's human beings. I, would, I don't know. We... I mean, we don't have that awareness. We are just so into ourselves. So, the other day I was trying I always thought I was just an amazing, inviting, polite person. People just couldn't level with me. I'm like, I want to be like, I guess, Jesus. <laughs> this, and I'm like, because and lately I've been having some disagreements and arguments with some of my closest friends. And I'm like, why? Why? Why, why am I having this? I thought I was a great argumenter, I could, a great thinker, rational, and why am I have to be fighting with people? I don't expect it. Yes, I don't expect it. <laughs> I know. I, I, you know, you know, in relationships where it happens, I'm like, wow, it's crazy. Because some people don't like to face, it's interesting, they're just, some people really have some type of chemical issue. <laughs> Everyone does, I guess. And they just, cannot deal with certain discussion or deep discussion or intense discussion. That is true. You know? That is true. Yeah. That is so true. They'd rather talk to certain people about it. You know, like in the relationships, you have best friends outside of the relationship. And that's where you share your most intimate, deep, best, certain things that you talk about that you don't necessarily talk to your partner about. I think that's a problem. Because you should be able to be raw and just yourself. This, this person seen you naked and seen the work. You should be able to express everything. But when you can't, when because, you can't, it becomes stifling. You know? But maybe because, because people, well, people compartmentalize their lives then. Because then it is a matter of the self. 
and then people have people leave a piece of themselves in the bedroom and then a piece of themselves no it's because they're they don't share themselves no it's because they're there it's that their partners will look at them differently so they have not developed a certain level of vulnerability yes that's what's happening and they don't trust you enough yeah to be vulnerable with you yeah because of power (laughs) they they want because of the issue of power that's true it then it gives you it it then gives it makes them appear yeah. weak it gives gives it oh this is really interesting this is like at one point i was telling myself oh i should not let anyone know that i love them so much because if they know that i love them so much then mm. they're going to take advantage take advantage have the upper hand i you know i've had those thoughts you know because you become too vulnerable when that happens it's so difficult to navigate life because that could be true to yeah. be honest that there are people who really take advantage of people who, you know, love. But then, that's true, Ricky. But at the same time, when you're in a rela- it shouldn't be true. When you're in a relationship, you should... I just think people should be vulnerable. People should be self-aware. But people- that's true, love. When you get to that level, when you cross yeah. that level, that means people essentially never cross that level. Mm-hmm. Of true, intimate love. Because people think that intimate... Love is only when you have sex in the bedroom. Right? <laughs> no, that it's way more than that. I always tell people, what happened when you, uh, if the person had uh, have a man can't have sex again? Yeah. There's that. I always tell people, you know, I was in this relationship, and I always say, I don't. I choose to love you. It has to be beyond infatuation. I I guess it. That's the basis. But then. After a while, I, I choose you. I, it is a choice that I make. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then after that, you become so comfortable. For example, like, the relationship that I've been in, I love the person because, one, yes, the first thing I see, I'm very visual, and so I see them very attractive to my eyes. Something about my, something about my chemical, or my makeup, or my mental, yeah. draw me to that person where I see them initially, so okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like you know, but then you got you got to see a lot of beautiful people. You That's true. One of the many beautiful people, <laughs> to any of them, could be yeah. sexy, beautiful, whatever. But for me, past that, mm-hmm. I'm only sexual or I turn on a lot um, because of someone's not just what they look like or physical structure, but also their mind. Yeah. Understanding. Yeah. My ability to communicate with them, to just let myself go and be yeah. me, and not worry about them judging me and stuff. Like but that. you know, that is interesting. Oh wow. Oh wow. This is interesting. Once you said that, do you know what came to mind? Your background and your upbringing. Yeah. I have to go there. What you saw. And how you are socialized and how that impact and influence yeah. you as an individual and your expectations and so on and so forth. What you just said to me, because if I were to ask you about your mom and your dad, you had a mom and a dad and oh my God, they had a very close relationship. They shared everything. I mean, for you, that was as much as they had their issues, they were just this, your, they died, daddy died marrying to mommy 
Yes. They were married for years since they were 19, 20, 21. So, you know, yeah. and you you yeah. were, you know, you were born at th- when they were like 30 something, but they were, I mean, they had challenges, but at the same time, they were just, you saw how close and tight yeah. they were, yeah? You know, I really felt like my dad had a lot of issues that, that he had to really work on, and especially throughout mm-hmm. his marriage with um, and his time at work with my mom. Yeah. And I was too young to, to know that. The only thing I know of him that was very aggressive and stuff, but, but you know. But outside of that, I think my mom got to see the sweet and the tender, because he also had that. Yes, yes. And yeah. everything, and you know, so she, and she, my mom, you know, having a parent is very religious and hopeful, extremely faithful, mm-hmm. you know. She really worked and prayed and eventually got my father to a point of, uh-huh. I love it. Got our father to a point of tenderness. Yes, yes. Apologetic for what he could have been. But, you know, at the end of the day, you have to can't look at what you could have been. Mm-hmm. You ask forgiveness. You change while you're here. And he did. He did. So yeah. I have to give him credit for that. I can't yes, yes. <laughs> hold him up because I was very upset with my parents. Because for me, that's my thing. I think was also carried away my adult life and my expectation of love and togetherness. You know, yeah. is... Um, but my parents, I remember when my parents came to the U.S. 10 years ago, I remember I was in Neptune, and downstairs, and we were all in the basement. Mommy and daddy? Yes. Really? Yeah, and they were sleeping in, in my room, so I slept Mom and dad was... Oh, yes, yes, Neptune, not Long Grand, sorry. No, Neptune, they came down. Ah. Mom, dad was here, and then mommy came just to visit, mm. because she was here for the entire summer, you know, mommy, she had to be with her man. <laughs> So she came. It was great to see them because I have not seen my parents together in 15 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. I. <laughs> so Ronaldo, we're out there and I think Shelly and Sheldon were playing babies or something and were watching something. And then mommy came up to the room and daddy was up there with us and said, she's downstairs. Dad, I'm ready. I'm ready for you. <laughs> and then he's like, Okay, kids, duty call, your mother's call, um, grandma call, I'm going to have to put out some good work. What, he said that? Yes. Where was I? Uh, I was not here, no, I wasn't here at the time. You weren't here yet. Yes. I guess it was maybe 11, 12 years ago. Oh, wow. And at that time I was in, I remember one time I was in um, Florida, I mean... Different places, Cayman Islands, living, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, wow, that's, that's intense. Yes. And uh, I was like, ew, that's gross. <laughs> I'm like, you guys are the worst. Oh, wow. And, but we were all excited deep down. I was like, oh my God, this has been through so many years. I was like, wow, that's great. Yeah, mm. and I really enjoyed it. And I got to experience that. You know, you know, I didn't, my dad passed away and I didn't get to talk to him and stuff. But that was a great experience. I did not talk to daddy at yeah. all. For me, it was like, for me, it's even worse. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't come to closure yet. But we're here talking with my twin brother. We're talking about relationships and expectations. And, you know, one thing that jumps out as we were talking earlier that we had to say, oh, we had to put this on podcast, share it with the world, 
is that you know we have, we have oftentimes say that um, when you get into relationships, what is important is to understand expect each other's expectations because sometimes the the clash of expectations can affect one's relationship because you may have one expectation of yourself and in the relationship and one expectation of the other in the relationship and then the other person may have a different expectation of of himself and of yourself and so therefore it's always good to establish the um early in initially expectation the second thing we also we also that we also discussed is the fact that people change and as people change expectations will change and so that's why now we have to know not only consider having some kind of relationship counseling and discussion at the outset but probably every two three four four or five years constantly revisit expectations because people change you know and um, this was quite interesting. Um, thank you for tuning in to the neoliberal round. Um, and we hope to, we will continue discussions. And now uh, if you guys have any comments, feedback, you can um, send an email to Ronaldo McKenzie at the neoliberal.com. And um, we should do part two. And um, we, yes, we should do part two to this. But we have to also look at how um, relationships um, are affected based on where you're from. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. part of the neoliberal, if you want to keep it within that same overarching topic, you have to look at different aspects. Well, we talk about everything yeah. at the neoliberal yeah, realm. Relationships, great. sports. Um, yeah, relationships, yes. Yeah, but today, we, we wanted to talk about relationships. You know. Yeah. And, rela- and power. We also jumped, the issue of power came out. But, you know, one thing which I want to also look at, which we should also look at the next round we talk about, is trying to look at people might want to see some statistics, especially during COVID, a lot of relationships yes. were challenged and a lot more. I want to look at the numbers. Like, how You're many, right. How many relationships during 2019-2021 has struggled or ended as opposed to before COVID, two weeks the period. You're right, you're and right. See, mm-hmm. yeah, because I've just over, you know, just friends and loved ones, you know, their relationship has ended during COVID and a lot because maybe they were rocky before and then COVID magnified oh, when yeah. they're together so much, but which is why I don't understand when relationship you should want to be with the person you love. But anyway... Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I suffered a breakup myself just at the end of. <laughs> oh my! I'm telling you, well, I guess I'm part of the statistics, mm-hmm. the the stat. But thank you guys for join, for tuning in, and um, and uh, as I said, you can send feedback um, to the neoliberal to myself, Ronaldo McKenzie, or Ricardo McKenzie at Ronaldo McKenzie at the neoliberal dot com. Um, just so you know. Um, uh, and uh, if you have information to share, comments, please um, send it to us. Thank you so much, guys. And continue to check out the book, Neoliberalism, Globalization, Income Inequality, Poverty and Resistance. And um, by? By Ronaldo McKenzie. Don't forget that. And it's, we also have it in the... And it's worldwide. It's everywhere, guys. Everywhere. Um, Kobo. 
what's Kobo? I don't even know what Kobo is, but that's short on Kobo. Um, Target, um, Amazon, Apple, Barnes and Noble, and um, the audiobook. The audiobook is out on the iTunes and on the Audible device. All right, guys, thank you so much, and um, stay tuned to the Neoliberal Round. Tomorrow we will continue our discussions. Have a great day.